hold on. So, I'm sitting at the table this morning with my dad and Polly, who we've established are both lifelong firefighters, right? Emergency responders. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, and Polly, there's like, you know, like... <sighs> There's funny moments in conversation where, like, someone kind of says something that, like, they mean but don't mean, but they kind of mean. Polly, yeah, <laughs> Polly has a rental property and it's a house that he used to own, right? And <laughs> he, like, he kind of pauses in conversation. He's one of those brutally honest people, right? And he's he just goes, "Man, I wish that motherfucker would just burn to the ground." And like, <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny about that is. Then we start talking about it like playfully, but talking about like, you know, and then my dad, my dad goes, yeah, but you know what would happen if, it, if, if I was like, oh, like just burn it for the insurance money. And Paul is like, oh, yeah, exactly. My dad's like, yeah, but you know what would happen is the fire company would respond before it burns down. <laughs> and then you just end up having to fix it with the insurance money rather than cashing in on it. And then, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> then they start joking back and forth. And then I go, I throw in, I go, well, that's why, you know, you just put in a bunch of antique curtains before you light the place on fire because that's just kindling but it's not kindling right like nobody would recognize that as arson they'd just be like oh well here's the problem you put in all these antique curtains and those are super (laughs) flammable man and like and then they go without missing a beat they go no that's why you shellac the walls a couple weeks before you light it on fire because then it'll really go up and i'm like i guess they would know and we're cracking up about this <laughs> but at the same time i'm sitting and i'm like these are two fucking firefighters and we're talking, yeah, about, talking about the most effective way to get insurance money from lighting your own property on fire <laughs> and that was my breakfast this morning that's, that's amazing <laughs> that's absolutely yeah. amazing Ready to clap now? I'm very ready. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Woo! You just smacked yourself in the face. Again. Yes, we've established this, Odie, that in this timeline, (laughs) Kevin smacks himself in the face every once in a while. (laughs) I have the mic in my hands. We'll get a stand like I have. No, I'm sitting crisscross applesauce in between my bed and the dresser to paint a vivid picture for anybody who's listening to this. I've got a nice Schweppes kitty corner to me sitting close to my Zenitsu figure that Brandy and the kids got for me as a nice little gift because he's my favorite character from Demon Slayer. And then... I've got the mic in my hand because it's comfortable. And every once in a while, I know you'll hear some variation in the volume of my voice because I'm kind of moving around with it. But I was a singer in a hardcore band, so there's not that much variation. And even if it's there, I don't care. We're real. We're raw. We're live. I will paint a picture of my desk setup. I have three monitors, a boom arm, uh, two keyboards, a bunch of hard drives, a a Lego bonsai tree I got for my birthday. That's it. Just a professional desk studio for someone that works from home. This is also professional. Don't you put professional in front well, of yours. I do. Like I'm not a well, professional, professional sitting crisscross applesauce. This, 
Well, well, uh, where's your voiceover mic that you do for professional work that I get paid for on a daily basis? Give me one. Professional. Send it. Well, t- t- give me, give me it. <laughs> yeah. I want it. <laughs> that was the vibe you just gave. It was like, give me one. <laughs> I want it. Welcome back to another episode of the Unpop Podcast. It's a podcast where Odie puts pop culture potpourri on your steak. It's also Stop. kind of just like an amorphous blob of nonsense that I have to sort through on a weekly basis. And then you have to listen to because you know what? You've chosen to listen to and now you're locked in just like you Odie is for the rest of their life. Odie's locked into the shit that I'm bringing to the table in this week. I'm okay with that. Your host is, as always, Kevin Miner. Carvin. He, him, with... Odie Matthews, they, them. Keep, no, keep the energy level up. I've got an energy okay, level okay, and you okay, need okay, to okay, match okay. it. I got you, I got you. I'm going to match you, I'm going to match you. Your host this week, as <laughs> always, Kevin Miner, he, him, with... Odie Matthews, they, them. You're a fucking schmuck. <laughs> you're... You're a fucking schmuck, Odie, and you didn't commit to the bit. You're doing your own bits. You know what? I am. You know I what? Am. I'm doing my own you bits. You know what? You can do your own bit right now. I'm out. Oh, I'll do the intro. <clears throat> Welcome back to the Unpop Podcast. I am your co-host, Odie Matthews, they, them. With me, as always, is the host of the show, Carvin Miner. He, him. Carvin Miner, how are you doing this today on this <laughs> this day? <laughs> All right, for those of you listening, uh, Carvin has put the microphone down, and he is doing the I see you eyes at me through the screen. So that means that I can do and say whatever I want. Oh, he's telling me I can. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Today we're going to talk about how stupid Magic the Gathering, Lord of the Rings, and uh, uh, martial arts, just martial arts in general, and working out. And being named Kevin. We're talking about how all of those things you No, know and I'm stupid. back. And you're done. <laughs> you're done. You're done. I see what you're doing. You don't even I'm have dying. opinions on those. Ma- you couldn't even back that up if you had to I forgot for what, 40 minutes. I forgot what martial arts I forgot what martial arts I you do. do. Judo. I, like, judo. I do judo. I almost said kudo. I almost said kudo. Oh, my Kudos. God. What is happening? You're you're trying to dump <clears throat> a bunch of lighter uh, fluid. You're, you know what you're trying to do? Yeah. You're trying to shellac <laughs> the walls of this podcast before lighting it ablaze with your bullshit. <laughs> That's what you're trying to do. But there's no insurance yeah. money here. We haven't even built up to Uh-oh. that point yet. So bad news for you, sucker. All right, fine. I'll take it back. Today, though, <laughs> we are talking about, speaking of things that are our dumpster fire. Yes. We are talking about live action adaptations. Not always a dumpster fire, though. I will put that in. Okay, let's go. We're, we're I agree. I agree. I agree okay. with you. This topic came up, and, and here's, here's what I'll do. I want to talk about The Little Mermaid way later, right? So let's Fair. get into okay. what you wanted to cover with live, uh, live well, adaptations, okay. right? Yeah. Live action shit. So the re- um, but how this came about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, well, I was gonna say this came about because you mentioned you saw this weekend. Yes. Uh, for once, you went to go see a movie, and I still haven't gone to the movies this weekend because I've been too busy. Yep. Um, trying to go see uh, Wes Anderson's new film. Uh, so maybe I'll yes. talk about that next week if it's any good. I went to the drive-ins. Um, I saw two movies. Yeah, so that's how it came up. You saw Elemental, yep. which is Pixar's new movie, yep. and you saw uh, Little Mermaid, yes. which is the newest Disney live action. So yes. it got me thinking, right, with 
a bunch of live action adaptations of anime in the pipeline. One specifically oh Attack on Titan God. from Andy Machete. He's supposed to do Attack on Titan, but I don't think he will because he's doing DC Odie, stuff. But there's some. Yes. I love you because I went to the same exact place. I went to live okay. action adaptations of anime because I know those better than other shit. Me too. So, all right, good. I'm so, glad. Here we are. All right. That's <laughs> this is why we do so, this podcast. You know what? You're not a schmuck. You're a great co-host. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about live action adaptations of anime. Go ahead. You know what? I'll take back people being named Kevin being silly, but I stand by the rest of them. You people named Carvin anyway, so whatever. Well, the Carvin joke is because I was trying to text you K to the Evan, but my phone changed Evan to Arvin, K so to it looks Arvin. like your name was Carvin. Carvin. So I was like, all right, your name is Carvin. <laughs> Anyways. I'm Carvin. Um, there are – so I looked up. I Googled uh, best live-action adaptations, yes. and boy, howdy, let me tell you, there's not a lot to choose Which from. Which one was the but, best? Um, like, what was the top the of the best. list th- according to the internet in all of its wisdom? Alita Battle Angel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't so even have like an s- anime movie. So that's uh, cool. I'm down with that. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. It, I, I think that was a fine one. Um, so I wanted to quickly speed run some of the ones that weren't necessarily like anime anime. Speed run it. But some of the ones, some of the ones that stuck out to me were Garfield. Oh. Smurfs. Oh yeah. Bad. Bad. Okay. Transformers, Michael Bay movies. Garfield and Smurfs, first off, not actual live action. Oh, they have real people. Okay, got yeah. it. Got oh, it. Yeah, they're just animated. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, Those are the like Flintstones. Hybrids. Okay. <gasps> who on earth thought that doing a live action Flintstones was a good idea? The Flintstones was actually, I remember loving that movie as a kid. Go on. Which one? Because there's two. The one where they go to Rock Vegas is terrible. Uh, I did not watch that one. Viva Rock Vegas? I didn't, I didn't watch that one. And then the... And then the last one that I would say sticks out to me is Alvin and the Chickmunks. Okay. Uh, now, those would be, like, for me, just, like, cartoons. Uh-huh. But there's two specifically that when we mentioned this that I wanted to maybe use as our uh, – Litmus test? What's the – yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> the, the fitness gram pacer test. No, uh, litmus test, yeah. like the paper. Oh. Litmus. It's the fitness – No, litmus. Yes, yes. Okay. That That's better. That's better. Just bring up the um, pacer. But the two – the I think you have to trigger warner. Test. You have to trigger warn people before you bring up the pacer test. <laughs> there are a lot of people who hated that thing. Wait, wait, hold on, real, real quick before. What, what did you get up to in the pacer test? Just for anybody who's listening that has never had to do this, the pacer test increases the pace at which you have to jog across the width, width, right, of a basketball mm-hmm. court. You're asking me. Um, yeah. What, what was the what? What number did you get to before? I've you never taken off? it. What? I've never taken it. Yeah, I was homeschooled until high school. Oh, yeah. I what are you talking about? about? Wait, your mom didn't make you just <laughs> run the pacer test? That was a state test. All right. I'm going to – I'm going to – this is some – I'm going to put this out there as some 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 lore. Uh, no, because my mom is fucking terrible. Oh, okay. So, cool. no. All right. All right. So, back into <laughs> um, live action adaptations. Uh, Flintstones the, was the two good, that what I did think, you want to mention? The two that I think everybody immediately hops to. Okay. Avatar The Last Airbender, M. Night Shyamalan. Have you seen that? No. Okay. The other one, Dragon Ball Evolution, a live-action Dragon Ball adaptation. Oh, my God. Yeah, you almost spit your drink out. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that existed. 
I think the oh, world tries to I forget exists. I forgot that existed. It's so bad. So here's oh. why I wanted to bring up those two examples. Specifically, if you haven't seen the Lavatar, Lavatar the last, <laughs> Lavatar the last, <laughs> the last <laughs> Lava Bender. All right. <laughs> um, if you haven't, so that cartoon came out like perfect time for me as a kid. It came out when I was like 11. So it was like it ran from when I was 11 to 14. So that cartoon was like perfect for my age demographic. Yeah. And I doubt you've seen it because it would have been you would have been a little bit Avatar? probably past. Of course, I've seen Avatar. The Last Airbender. Yes. The carpenter? Yes. The cartbender? The... What is what's happening? What are you doing? <laughs> the cartbender? First off, all right, we missed an opportunity because Lavatar would also be a really funny name for Avatar the Last Airbender, but he's a janitor and has to take care of toilets. Um <laughs> just throwing that out there. No, no, no. Avatar was like just around the right time where I like watched some episodes, but it was kind of childish enough that I didn't care too much about it. But then as an adult kind of wanting to reminisce and watch some old shows. I went back and watched Avatar The Last Airbender yeah. and really enjoyed the journey, especially Uncle Iroh. Um, and I loved, like, you know, there's a lot of, really, like, Cabbage Guy. Um, I There were a mm. lot of references that people who were, like, maybe, like, two or three younger years younger than me would make in my 20s that I didn't really get until I rewatched Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, there is no war in Ba Sing Se yeah. and, like, all that shit. Um, <laughs> people would make those references. Like, they would be like, there is no yeah. war in Ba oh, Sing yeah. Se. And I'd be like, what? And they'd be like, you never watched Avatar? And I'd be like, I watched a couple episodes, you know, which I would it say... It still holds up today, too, yeah. if you rewatch it. I would also say the Avatar, like, the, the fan community of Avatar is very forgiving. Like, if you know a couple things about it, they're oh, kind of yeah. like, oh, cool, you're in. You know, like, which... It's not toxic at which all. Which makes sense because it's a Nickelodeon show. And in my mind, like, you know, like, like there's no hardcore Nickelodeon fandom that's, like, alienating. Like, there's no there's no <laughs> Keenan and Kel gatekeepers, you know? Like, SpongeBob. you can just make... If you don't like SpongeBob, yeah, like... <laughs> you're out. Yeah, there's... You don't know Patrick Starr? Yeah. I mean, even if you've never watched it, they'll probably they'll they'll just be like, "Oh, just watch a couple episodes. It's pretty funny." Like yeah. they know it's kid shit. Like it's fine. Anyway, all right. So well, th well, that's the thing. So right now with Avatar: The Last Airbender, yes. Um, for one, I love that show. I've actually rewatched it a couple times in my adulthood, Great. and honestly, it's a show that there are certain shows that I can rewatch, yes. like Psych, my favorite show of all time. I can rewatch that, and I can I can enjoy it through and through but when i rewatch avatar the last airbender it's like nostalgia it's just all nostalgia yeah. you know so it's like so good but with the netflix live addicts live action adaptation coming out i wanted to point out that avatar to me the m night Shyamalan one is a good example of how to take a property that is literally like perfect i'm gonna say it's perfect because honestly it kind of is yeah. and changing things that make zero sense so i understand that with live action adaptations, yes. like, uh, do you like, you like my hero, right? Yeah. The anime. I mean, yeah. Okay. I've kind of fallen so, off on it, but yeah, I like it. That's fair. So this Byron, if you're listening, which I assume you are, uh, this is for YouTube. So look this up on YouTube. Okay. There is a UALA YouTube live action, uh, my hero anime on YouTube, a bunch of stunt performers who were fans of the anime got together and filmed a live action battle scene in the style of my hero oh, cool. using quirks and stuff. Nice. And let me tell you, it is probably better than 90% of live action animes mm -hmm. that I've ever seen. And it's only like 10 minutes. Well, a lot of fan made things tend to be that way, right? Because they're proper passion projects. Yeah. 
proper passion projects. Right. And so my point with the M. Night Shyamalan, The Last Airbender, is there are things that he changed in that story. Mm -hmm. Like the character, the main character's name is Aang. He had everyone call him Ong. The main character, one of the side characters is named Sokka. They had him called him, they called him Soka, Mm -hmm. right? Like changing the pronunciations of names, but more so in the last airbender world, it's all about the elements, right? Firebenders can just shoot fire out of their hands, right? They can just like fire. You want your grill lit? Boom. Here you go. You want to start a bonfire? Boom. Here you go. In his movie, he made it where you had to have the element near you in order to bend it. So firebenders were carrying around like lighters in order to shoot fire stupid like why would you do, like why why would you change that and his reasoning was well i didn't think people would understand what i'm gonna rant for a second about why m night Shyamalan's adaptation of avatar pisses me off the most he is quoted as saying i made this movie because my kids were big fans of the cartoon yep. he wasn't a fan of the cartoon he didn't know anything about the cartoon uh-huh. he did it for his kids and then he took his kids properties that they liked and butchered it for all of the world yeah they probably got mad at him fuck you i would say so yeah and then on the flip side you have dragon ball evolution which is just from start to finish whitewashed terrible awful makes no sense and is just what were you thinking you know yeah i don't i mean okay both those came out in early 2000s 2008 maybe early 2000s for both though let's find out definitely early 2000s on both but that's so that's an example of a company getting the property rights for something thinking like that's i think that's where we get the idea that a lot of times when companies do reboots of things that it's we a lot of people will use the term cash grab like those those shitty adaptations feel like someone grabbing for grabbing for cash it's not like they got it right but grabbing for cash rather than caring about retelling the story right oh 100% yeah. by the way they were both 2009 and 2010 oh so god early to even Ugh. worse i can't i not good i i don't remember where i saw the Dragon Ball Z movie, but I remember like that. And then like, I never even watched the Avatar movie because I had friends who were fans of, of the show that were like, just don't see it. And I was like, all right, cool. Fine. Um, but the Dragon Ball Z one, I remember like, I was like, Oh, I loved Mm -hmm. Dragon Ball Z growing up. I loved Toonami. So let me go check this out. And when I finally had the chance to watch it, I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it like later, but I just remember being like, this is bad. Like, this sucks. Yeah, no, it was really bad. Like, Piccolo was, like, really bad looking. And they kind of, like, yeah, they totally effed up the entire plot. Like, oh. Yeah, and they just, like I said, they whitewashed it like crazy, Yeah, too. they got nothing right. Um, I, I want to <laughs> yeah. add this to the conversation. There is a live-action adaptation of... Uh, One Piece currently in the works. Yeah, at Netflix. And I saw some pictures of that, and that looked pretty good. The live-action adaptation of Full Metal Alchemist, I didn't mind. Like, that actually wasn't bad. Yeah. I I watched it, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Did you ever see the one in 2015? It was a two-parter for Assassination Classroom? No. Actually pretty solid better than the live action attack on titan where they changed 
again, that one that they made over in Japan of uh, live action Attack on Titan, they changed the story Wait, around. There's a live action a Attack lot. on Titan already? So there is one that I, th I think it just covers like the first season, but spoiler alert for that. It's bad. Uh, in that movie, there's a death fake out of Mikasa. And then oh. she comes back later on in the movie as like a big surprise. Like she comes in with the scouts to save uh, Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. But like that's not even close to how it happened in the like they're not even childhood friends well, in the. Yeah. They anyways. did do a death fake out of Aaron in the first season. Spoilers. Uh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Attack on Titan, there are death fake outs. Um, but that's a that's lot. like the big. <laughs> The big fake out in the first season was they did like remember like Aaron gets chomped in episode four and you're like wait what the fuck oh happening? yeah yeah and that's when the story really starts to open up. Um, there are a lot of good like fake out moments in anime. I would say Chainsaw Man had a really good one in its first season mm. and in its first I think what is it it's issue three maybe where like they do the. Like, you're like, oh, everybody's going to die here. Um, and then they don't. Uh, but um, I didn't even know that there was a live action adaptation of Attack on Titan. Because to get into, yeah. like, my perspective that I kind of have when it comes to this stuff, I generally don't touch them. And I, for the most part, think, like, oh, it's not going to be as good because it's not the same. And, and like, I've mm -hmm. already witnessed it. It's not – part of me is, like, I don't think it's going to be that good for me. And then part of me is, like, well, this isn't for me. And my perspective on that is that we're always retelling stories. Like, when it comes to the Disney live-action adaptations, like, yeah. people are like, why are you making those? And it's like, well, I mean, Cinderella was a fucking storybook and then a movie <laughs> and then an animated movie with songs and and then you know like and now it has a live action remake of the animated movie with songs like it's not anything new and i think part of the reason that people end up having just like this i think part of the reason people have an issue with live a action adaptations that they can't necessarily like um, conceptualize and really properly explain so that they just they, they just end up calling it a cash grab or whatever but it's it's something once again I think we should have been learning in school all along and I had to learn as an adult but it's Kurzweil's um, theory of uh, it well not it's like a law actually at this point but it's a theory of exponential return do you know that oh yeah Are you familiar yeah. with that like so everything like once you've done something well and you can replicate it. You can do everything faster so that like, yeah. you know, like the first, the first, uh, the, the first printing press was invented in what the 1600s, right? Was it? Yeah. Cause sure. they had lithographs up until that point. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, so they had, that. they had lithographs up until the point that we had the printing press and the printing press revolutionized the way that everything was distributed. And then, in that time frame, so like look at like human history, you've got like fourteen hundred years of not that much knowledge being disseminated, and then you have the printing press around like the sixteen hundreds, either fifteen or sixteen hundreds, and then like two hundred years later, like books are just fucking everywhere, and then 
Yeah. In the 1700s, you make like another leap because you have publishing companies that are dedicating their entire existence to just printing, popping up in different countries. And then uh, you get into the 1900s and all of a sudden like radio. So now we have radio and radio like totally revolutionizes the way that uh, information is spread. And so now we've only yeah. gone 200 years. And then after radio, there's television. And that's within the same 100 years. And then after television, there's the fucking internet. And the internet is within the same fucking 50 years. So, like, the law of exponential return takes that. Like, if you take that and you apply it to things like remakes, I think part of the reason people have this gut reaction to a remake is because as a mm. kid or as a younger person, you are able to form this sentimental attachment to the version of a story that you saw, even if it was already a retelling. But that becomes your version, right? So then yeah. when it gets remade in your lifetime, you're just mm -hmm. like, you're like, oh, what? I don't. It's like Uncanny Valley almost. Yeah, you're, you, well, it's a little Uncanny Valley, but it's also you took the thing that I love, and instead of showing the version that I love to other people, you're showing this new mm. one that maybe has some twists or has been reinvented slightly. And I think people, it's hard to get out of the sentimental attachment and feeling a little bit like uh, someone's kind of like, it almost feels like people are like poo-pooing the thing that you love because they're not, instead of just showing that, they're just like, no, we're going to remake it and we're going to do it our way. Um, but this happens all the time in our culture, you know? Yeah. And I, I honestly feel like if people had a better sense of how often things are actually redone, that it would be a little bit better and easier. Cause like if you go to the theater mm. and you see one version of a Shakespeare story and then you see the, like the same story years later, it it's different and it's people do yeah. that intentionally and directors and writers do that intentionally for better or for worse because they're attempting to express their own creativity while also paying homage to the works unless you're m night Shyamalan making avatar then you're just saying mm -hmm. that your kids love it and you're ruining something apparently um but yeah. you know even uh, there's a fucking there's a version of sweeney todd which is one of my favorite musicals that's on broadway musical. right now and i can guarantee you yeah sweeney todd the musical um yeah, I, can, I love Sweeney Todd. I can guarantee you that it's different from the original because the person playing Sweeney Todd is Josh Groban. Now, do I want to see mm. Josh Groban as Sweeney Todd? Probably not. But <laughs> is he good? Is someone going to love this version of Sweeney Todd? And is it someone's first introduction to Sweeney Todd? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, proceed. so okay. one of the things that you mentioned made me think, you know, I will give credit where credit is due, at least with the um, – and most of the live-action adaptations that are anime are Japanese studios. Mm -hmm. You know, they're smaller, you know, lower budget, like TV movie budgets. Yeah. There's some for Bleach. There's some for Attack on Titan, Assassination Classroom. I forgot there was I a think Bleach there's one, one for One Punch. Yep. Uh, one Punch Man I think is has there? one. But I will oh. say at least – I th I think. I think. I could be wrong. There's a few. I know there's a few. There's a couple Bleach ones for sure. But I will say this, at least with like the Attack on Titan one where I mentioned that like, you know, they changed the Mikasa and they changed a couple other things mm -hmm. about it, right? Like, I don't even think Levi shows up in the first two parts, right? Um, I don't know. And he's a fan favorite. Yeah. So at least these adaptations and with Avatar and stuff, they tried something new, right? They tried to change the source material to make somewhat of a new story. Yeah. Whereas 
Disney just goes, okay, here's the original cartoon. Here's what was controversial back then. We're just going to take that out, and then everything else is going to be the same. Because, and my example of that is, have you seen, and if you haven't, it's totally fine, have you seen Dumbo, either the original or the new oh, one? Oh, God, no. No. I okay, did so, not touch that with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. I was like, how? No. So Skip. I watched a video that was going over the live-action Disney adaptations in preparation for this. Yeah. And one of the things is, in the original Dumbo, there's a lot of scenes with Native American tribes being represented very poorly. Is there? Right? Like, that's like, like, yeah, there's like the whole scene where like they – oh, no, I'm thought Pinocchio, not – Peter Pan. I'm thinking of Peter Pan, the new Peter Pan. Sorry. Sorry. Not Dumbo. Wow. Let me retract that statement. I Have thought you, you were going to talk Pe- about the crows in Dumbo. No, 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 no. Okay. This one is Peter Pan, the original Peter Pan, and then the new one that just came out on Disney Plus with Jude Law's Captain Hook. Yeah. Well, so there is yeah, the, in the original the, Peter Pan, there's the Lost Boys, and they have a rivalry mm-hmm. with the engines. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So do you know how Disney – approach that controversial because the way that those native americans were represented in the original cartoon of peter pan was was bad it was really bad it was it was red faced they were smoking they were like doing how and like walking around like doing the comanche screams that people represent poorly yeah. like all of it was just wrong like it was just all wrong well, as a, the new yeah, one like the the lost boys even like sing their song happily they're like we're off to fight the engines <sighs> the engines yeah yeah, all right. yeah 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 okay so you know how they you know how they handled that racism in the new adaptation on disney plus no i do because you would think right like if you if you had if you had this like you know this old movie that you're going to remake and you're like okay so it's 2023 and we represented Indians and the Native American culture really poorly in the original. How can Very we poorly. show that we respect and appreciate this culture, right? That's what you'd want to do. Like, like how can we paint them in, a right, in the right light, right? That's what you'd probably want to do, uh-huh. right? They just took them out completely. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they took out the <laughs> – I, I don't think it's racist. I think it's just uh, – and this isn't like a huge spoiler or anything. They took out my favorite character from uh, freaking Little Mermaid, which I Little Mermaid. Uh, which I was so mad about. Yeah, they took out the French I chef, man. He yeah, was my I favorite. He sings his song about chopping fish, and he chases Sebastian yeah. around, and he's trying to put him into a stew or whatever. Like, dude, that was like the best scene in the entire movie when I was a kid. I was like, oh, my God. It was like Looney yeah. Tunish, you know? And I loved that. Well, that's my, and that's my point with like the Peter Pan one, right? Is like, I get why they took it out because there's like a scene as soon as the movie starts. There's a scene where they they mention the Native American tribes. You fly over some teepees, and that's it. Yeah. Right. But my thing is, it's like Disney, you missed the opportunity with all these live action remakes because there's all of them had controversial stuff for the time because they were made in the 30s, 40s, 50s. They were cartoons. They're old story books that you know were written by people back then who were extremely racist or homophobic or anti-semitic or whatever you know and they had this opportunity to re not necessarily rewrite their history but maybe you know take ownership for some of the stains on their legacy and try to you know put a fresh coat of paint to maybe show future generations that they've learned from their mistakes and they can correct their mistakes and instead with all of these live action adaptations they just hired people that were big stars and didn't change anything except for taking things out and not like improving upon them Uh, and i just think that's a gigantic waste of time yeah i mean okay so well now you're getting into like the the realm of remakes in general right and and i would say like taking taking indians out of peter pan instead of like 
because there's two ways that this can go. You can take them out. Well, there's a few ways that it can go. You can take them out like they did, which sounds like it was probably the right thing to do. Unfortunately, not not the optimal thing that some people would prefer, but probably the right thing to do. Or you can you can just leave it the same and experience that backlash. Or you can try to adjust it. And a mm. lot of people don't know how to handle this properly. They end up, it feels like they over adjust and it's this apologist nature where like, instead of there being like, so they almost take away from the plot and there's a whole like subplot of like, Oh, well I guess that we learned that there's a lot of respect that we could give to you guys. Like there's that moment, you know? And it's like, Oh, stop force feeding me that garbage. Because mm. like, Cause I don't care for either. Like, I don't want them to just, I don't want to spend 20 minutes with Disney going like, you know, like, like having like the chief of the native Americans being like, we're just misunderstood. And a lot of people just, they don't view us the right way. And like Peter Pan being like, you know what? You're right. We're going to get together and fight some pirates. Like, <laughs> well, okay, I don't so want let me that. ask you this then. So and I don't... keeping with the Peter Pan example, yeah. let me, let me, let me pitch this to you. Okay. okay. So if we're, we're Disney execs, right? Yeah. Let's just pretend that we're Disney execs. Right, we're gonna cool. we're gonna role play, Go ahead. Kevin. We're gonna role play. Go ahead. All right. And so we're in a meeting and we're like, okay, we're talking about live act. Like we got all these cartoons. We're gonna make some live action adaptations. Wait, I'm a Disney and we're executive. Like, okay, right? we're... Yeah, yeah. Okay, go. All right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, what? let's remake. <laughs> you, you tell me, like, hey, we're gonna remake Peter Pan, right? But we need to we need to we need to figure out how to you know handle the controversial elements of the original property. Yes. Let me ask you something. Uh, first off, I see your uh, point me, where you're like, let me stop you right there, Odie. Yeah. I'm a Disney executive, okay. and I make a ton of fucking money off of this. Either way, <laughs> it doesn't matter if this thing right. sinks or swims. We just Facts. gotta make it, baby. Just keep the wheel fucking moving. Just keep it greased. Just keep putting boats Odie. in the water. This is all we need, man. Just keep this moving. We're eventually. I don't know if you know this, Odie, but as Disney, mm. as an executive from Disney <laughs> to another executive from Disney, we are eventually yeah, just me. going to own Florida. Do you understand where we're yes. going? All we have Can't to do wait. is make this movie. We don't have to do shit. With I'm gonna it. sink we it. We own a streaming service that's probably gonna net us about a bill this year, and I don't mean one bill. <laughs> I mean one billion, right? And we're paying writers fucking piss poor wages man they're only gonna make like what what do we pay the writers every year yeah, fuck like them. A, a combined 300k a is that what we're paying a cookie and a free fast pass at disney parks i'll tell you what <laughs> half of the design for the new space mountain that we're putting in is like a chunk over that right like we're paying we're paying people <laughs> piss poor wages we're gonna own florida and all we have to do is keep shoveling shit into the mouths of consumers across america it doesn't even matter if we shut down brick and mortar <laughs> because we're just gonna take over the digital space us paramount hulu hbo also max we own now. hulu we're, we, we, we own, own all hulu. the shit now we own it all man like we're, we're disney gonna, does own hulu People think that they're going to have a soccer league? No, it's going to be the Disney Football League. We're going to own it all. All right, sorry. I got way too into being you know what's a crazy? executive. Oh, you know what's Well, you just mentioned something though. You know what's crazy what? is that part of the Disney Plus bundle is Hulu and ESPN, which makes me wonder if Disney has a stake in ESPN. Uh Disney does have a stake in ESPN and awesome yeah can't wait yeah. anyways what was, um, what, what's that's my what's the so my example what's the my role play example what's the company that we had was uh uh it prime prime starbucks whatever whatever oh disney apple prime disney apple prime baby 
That's Disney where we're Apple headed. Prime, baby. Disney Apple like Prime. It. We're going to own the whole world. So, Us and Bezos. All right. That's, I'm done being an executive. Just tell me what you want to do. Right. You, you're, de- you're demoted now. Uh, you're just a Disney. You're just in the room. All right. Um, I will listen intently. So, but my point, I guess my point with that is, well, what I was going with that yeah. <laughs> before our Disney exec. God, I need to check my bank account. Make sure I still got that money. Um, <laughs> it's gone. Um, is that, okay, when, you, when you're approaching a remake of a, of a in this in this scenario of a live action remake of an older property yes. like i mentioned right you you're right you have a couple you either take that out you leave it in or you find a way in my opinion right if you pitch this idea and you're like okay we got to make peter pan but we have this element of controversial of how we handle the native americans how do we want to do it if the best thing you can come up with is well we're still going to make it but we're just going to remove that element then to me you failed because uh-huh. and here's here's my reason Go on. If you're going to do a remake of any kind, but I'm going to specifically say that this example is for live action remakes, Mm -hmm. right? If there is a controversial element in your past as a company, Mm -hmm. I feel you should either not touch that property and do what other companies do and quote unquote kind of like, you know, address it, not necessarily bury it or brush it on the rug, but like address it and say, you know, like, hey, back then, like we own that mistake kind of thing, right? And then just don't touch that property or you find a way to bring that property into the modern day while keeping those elements that are part of the story because wouldn't you say that in a way the the native americans in the story of peter pan specifically are kind of a part of the story i mean they're the rival they're there there's the love interest of peter pan with the girl like they're a part of the story um if you remember peter pan i i remember disney's peter pan from back in the day yeah Here's. I, well, hey, let me finish the story. Let me finish are my a thought. Part of that story, but then, when you have Hook, later, right, which we also mm-hmm. had in our lifetime, which was like almost it was kind of a reimagining, right, of Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not. Okay, so this is exactly where I was going with okay. it. My point is, is that Hook is a great. So this is all in the video I watched. So it's funny that you went to the. Uh, Robin Williams Hook movie because they even mention they even mention like Hook is that way of taking that story fixing the controversial elements making it better making it something new and giving it out to people right do they even mention so, the Native Americans and well they're called first off in Peter Pan and this is because they're flying there from Britain and not flying there from the United States, so they're not called native natives or Native I, Americans. Yeah, I'm just trying they're to be yeah. Indians, first off. Right, which is Secondly, somehow worse. That not movie it is wasn't worse. even made in our lifetime, so it's not like we are getting a remarket. Like we're not getting a remake of a Peter Pan that existed, f- like was made for us when we were children either. Right, right? like it, it was li- it was what thirty years before I was born. When was it? It was made in like okay. the '60s or the '70s. Like 60s, way probably. before that. Okay, well, let me Maybe fix my statement 50s. because I've gone. Wow. Anyway, I've gone way too far down the rabbit hole of Peter Pan. So let me just pull that back for a second. My point is, is with these adaptations in general, yeah. if there's something controversial in the original, mm-hmm. I feel, and I could be wrong, and that's fine if you have a different opinion. Yeah. That if you're gonna remake that, you should find a way to address that controversial element not in the way that you mentioned where it's like oh like we're all going to be buddies and we were mean to the indians i just feel like yeah. they could have and i and i feel like there's properties out there that that do this that aren't even remakes you can just have that 
like group of people be included mm -hmm. and just have them be there. You don't have to address that they were me like you don't have to address anything. Just have them be there. Write them as good characters. Write them as good parts of the story and leave all the racism and stuff out of it. Yeah, I I mean, so I is that so hard? I hear <laughs> yes, yes it is, because it's <laughs> I know. But look at it this way: as soon as and and you and I very easy to talk from our standpoint. But as soon as you introduce a Native American element to a story now. Look at there's so many things that you have to balance because not only it, because it's not just Native Americans either. Like there's so many different tribes and there's so many different histories across the United States. Yes, the way that they were treated was universally bad. Right. But then you have to juggle how do we responsibly handle the culture without appropriating it, but without being too much of an apologist because you have the apologist version. Right. And then you have the revisionist mm -hmm. version, which is like, we're just revising it. And it's, the Native Americans are the heroes. Like, you know, like um, and then I think the way that Disney chose to handle it was like, are we making a kids thing? Yes. Were any of these kids alive when we made the original Peter Pan? Fuck no. All right, cool. We can just like write a new story, but have it still focus on Peter Pan and Neverland and his rivalry with Hook. Yeah. Cool. So it's just kids versus adults. Really, is like the whole story. The Native American thing from the begin from that we're talking about since we've gone down this rabbit hole. That was actually superfluous. I hate that we're stuck on Peter Pan. Well, it was superfluous, though. Like, because now you've got me analyzing it. And I'm like, did they actually come, like, uh, like did, they, did they play a huge part in Peter Pan overcoming the things that he had to overcome as obstacles in the original His story? love interest. Kind of. Well, it's like a side story for the love well, interest Well, kind, part, kind right? of a love interest. Yeah. Kind of. Well, he's got the yeah. thing with it's the windy, princess. But... And then, yeah. And Wendy, like, is jealous. And that was pretty much the whole thing was to highlight how Wendy is a jealous girl um <laughs> yeah i would say like if you have peter pan you have wendy you have the kids you have the lost boys you have uh the the crocodile and you have hook and smee who is my favorite character <laughs> um <laughs> if you have all of those you've done you've done it you've got all the oh and you gotta have tinkerbell but if you have all of those elements right. I, as long as you're handling everything else properly i don't care if you have native americans in it or not Right. I don't care. You don't need them. They're not necessary. Well, here's to my the point. Story. Well, this is what I'm getting at. Right. So I agree with okay. you. Like, I I guess I should have made this more clear, but I'm not the best at articulating my points when I have a lot of caffeine. In the I morning. am. My point. My point is <laughs> I agree with you. I think you can take those elements out. Yeah. However, when you are a company like Disney with a very large, controversial past, about to own I feel like you you cannot do what you did and expect people not to be upset because oh, for one, yeah. the, the and I'm going to put the pin in the Peter Pan example because okay. I, I, I don't even like Peter Pan. Right. I don't even like the story of Peter Pan. I think it's stupid, yeah. but the new movie is bad. It's bad regardless. Yes. Right. And that's the thing. And that's the top, like that's the bow on this. Yeah. A majority of these live action Disney remakes are bad regardless of how they handle these controversies. Yes. Right. They're just bad the, the lion king movie is boring the uh beauty and the beast movie is boring yeah. the new peter pan is boring they're all j dumbo is sad and boring i actually like, kind of like beauty and the beast but that's the only one and on top of that like to to go even further yeah. like disney taking properties like did you see Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear no. movie with Chris Evans it is a sad depressing interstellar cartoon for kids well, okay. 
Like I've heard about the Buzz my, Lightyear one, and I remember when I saw that the movie was coming out, and it didn't look anything like the cartoon that I remember yeah, my little brother watching as a kid, because they already had a really funny kind of meta commentary yeah. cartoon when my brother was a kid. And I remember him watching it, and me at first being like, "Oh my god, they made a Buzz Lightyear spinoff of Toy Story." And then as he was watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is actually fucking hilarious!" Like, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. It's it was like it was good. Yeah, it was him my, versus I guess, Zerg. Like and yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert for Lightyear, real quick, and then I'm gonna move past this point. But you know who Zerg is in the Lightyear movie? Uh, Dom DeLuise. It's another version of Buzz Lightyear. Oh, that's dumb. It's him from the future, him from the oh, past. Oh, they were Anyways. doing uh, like a a multiverse thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Or time of, travel. Uh, Time travel, yeah. So, so my, I guess, travel, okay. Man, I just wish I could go back in time and stop it from ever happening. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, honestly. I just wish I just go back in time and. <laughs> There's a fucking plot for you. Guy goes back in time to stop time travel from becoming a a popular thing. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I think <laughs> that laugh. Yeah. I think my point. Yeah. I think my 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 final point on this would be. And and this, I get this is a controversial or maybe uh, maybe it's hot take, maybe it's not. I don't know. But my Your thing takes is, are like, only hot a, because they're yours. All right, keep going. Mm, <laughs> there, we live in a time where the industry, as someone who's trying to break into the industry, yeah. uh, as a director mm-hmm. or or even anything, honestly, mm-hmm. there you are at the time now where you have people like Jordan Peele and Ryan Johnson and Christopher Nolan yep. and I, I mean even Ron Howard to an extent. Actually, you know what? Scratch that last one. I'm going to keep those first three. Or uh, 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 Edgar Wright, right? You have these directors and writers that are coming up with these new and creative and engaging and personal stories that are fantastic. And my problem well, – not my problem. My thing right now is in a world where we have the potential to make stories out of real life, out of fiction, out of anything yeah. – why are we going into the vault and being like, oh, we made this in 1930. Let's remake it. Uh, I understand okay. the appeal. I understand the appeal and maybe 1930 is too far. I understand the appeal sometimes. But like if you Google upcoming remakes in the next three years, uh-huh. there is a list. And I'm tempted to Google it right now. But I know like out the top of my head, there are at least five remakes of classic movies with modern actors that are being remade. And my thing That's is why? Yeah. Like, why even bother? Um, well, okay, to go back to what I was originally saying, I've, uh, part of it, I think, always is, like, there. I think there is a cash grab element. Like, like I think the reason you can get always, people always. to back a remake of something is because they go, oh, yeah, it was already a hit. Of course we're going to – like, okay, right now there are probably five songs on the top 40 where the backbeat to them is a sample of a song from the 90s. Mm. like yeah yeah, it's not just a movie thing it's a cultural thing right like this was a hit already so (laughs) why wouldn't it be a hit again like there's a whole new generation of people ready to consume this you know and and i think that part of the reason that you dip back into it is there's also a limited like the creative well is relatively infinite but the creative well, as far as commodity goes, I think hasn't yet become as deep as you or I would want it, 
right? So I'm going to I'm, I'm going to extend a little bit of an olive branch to quote unquote the industry when I say like, yeah, I also get why you would like if if there if I heard that there was another back to the future being made, it would not blow my mind. Like I would just be like, "Oh yeah, a fucking course." Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like what's the next there's another disney remake moana is being remade right already i'm so mad don't Whatever. even don't even get me started let's on moana. not get started don't even get me started on moana. just because that's one of my favorite movies but just going into it like yeah a fucking course and i mean it's obviously cash and, and well yeah but what i mean is there's a cash grab element to all of them but i think also disney was attempting to i think there was an initiative at least from what i can see of them attempting to update their archive for the new generation right so like i think yeah. part of the reason that we've gotten all of these remakes of the classics is and some of them are bad and some of them are okay i don't think that there are any that are great but i think some of them are okay and and i think part of it is that they're updating it for the people who like are kids now you know so like when we look at it kind of going back to i think i mentioned this a few like episodes ago but like when we look at something uh, when we t when we talked about Mario, like I didn't look oh, at yeah. it from the lens of like, oh, this is for me, like yeah. like I'm 36 and I'm gonna be terribly honest with myself about that. Like, a lot of things aren't for me. They're for like eight through 16, 18 year olds. You know? Yeah. Right. So like Harry Potter's that's gonna true. get remade. Remade. Ugh. Right. Like that's yeah. not for me. That's for the people who are young now that will experience it for the first time now and go up through it and become indoctrinated to that version of it. And that's fine. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of little kids who know the Michael Bay Transformers, but probably have never seen the 90s cartoon, you know, and that's yeah. fine because the 90s cartoon was just a reshell of G.I. Joe where they were telling all the same fucking stories where the basically the moral every week was friendship, you know. Pixar movies will eventually be remade and it's because the, and that's fine because right now they're all the same fucking thing. So like you made me think of something. <laughs> what? I think, I think, I, I think I realized. So I think my, I think my whole point isn't that there's controversial elements in the originals that aren't addressed. Yeah. I want to make that clear. Okay. That's not my point. Okay. My point is, is that a majority a bucket full, a handful, 90% of all live action remakes or honestly just remakes in general are pretty bad. Yeah. But I mean but, honestly, like they are. But you're excited to see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that's coming out this year. So, but that's not really a remake, yes, it right? Is, because though. But here's the th here's the thing, here's the thing. Time out, time out. Hang on. I'm going to I'm going to argue this it's point the and third I, I might be wrong, but reiteration of I Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that we will actually get I in will, our lifetime. I will die on this hill. So die, there are certain properties to commit sabuku here. Right. Okay, so here this is perfect. I'm going to I'm going to combine the two things I wanted to talk about into one. Okay. I want to tell you real quick. I googled 10 upcoming remakes. Okay. I'm not we're not going to go into detail. There's no information. I just want to talk about these right. and then this is going to be my perfect example of why Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles doesn't count, Kevin. Okay, go. All right. Here's some upcoming remakes, right? Memento, uh The Thing, American Psycho, Wait, Memento the like the Christopher Nolan film? Yeah, yeah. All right, keep going. Scarface, Fugitive, Wait, the Fugitive? Escape, from New Escape from New York. 
American War Werewolf in London, oh, and there's not really a remake, but The Exorcist is coming back in the version of Halloween where it's a yes. sequel to the original. Yes. So here's my thing, right? All those properties I just named, uh -huh. how many fugitive movies have you seen? How many what? how many comic books or how many extra media is there for any of those properties I mentioned outside of like maybe a video game or like maybe a novelization? Well, there is the the tie-in to The Fugitive and I think, what is it, Law Abiding Citizen, right? There's, there's a tie-in uh, between the those two. I think. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, right. There was a Fugitive. They redid the Fugitive on Tubi or something yeah. as like a mini series. Okay. But here's my point is that since the Fugitive came out or even since uh -huh. um, I'll use Memento. Okay. Since Memento came out. Okay. Have you seen anything about Memento in any kind of media? No, you just watch Memento. It's a so, standalone film. Right. So here's the – yeah, here's the thing. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at its creation – like Transformers, like Pokemon, like a lot of properties like that on. was created to have and expand into multiple media. It was created to have comic books and cartoons and toys and other lines. Well, it was created so to the fact that toys. we're getting Well, the fact that we're getting this TMNT movie from Seth Rogen, by the way, another weird name, uh -huh. Seth. Seth's weird name, stand by that. Um whatever. He like that is they're taking the property picking a story that hasn't been made before into this kind of media and adapting it, right? Wait, what but, do you oh, hold on, hold on. What do you mean? <laughs> they're, so, they're putting okay. it into this kind of media. It's a movie. No, hang on. Do you have the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the 90s which were live action with the people in no, suits? No, you have the right? original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the late 80s which was a cartoon. Go. Okay, I'm talking okay. So you're correct. Very correct. Okay, so you have the cartoon in the 80s, right, which is a TV show, okay. episode to episode, right? Then you have the live-action movies in the 90s Three and Three of stuff, them. One of them, right? they go People's... to feudal Japan. Go. Secret of the use. Um, Do you remember the – okay, yeah, so sorry. <laughs> Just got distracted. Go ahead. Keep going. And then you have – then you have the live action CGI monstrosity nope. that is. You have a failed yeah, reboot whatever that of the is. cartoon show in the nineties or late or early two thousands, and then you have the live action movies by Michael Bay. Keep going. Well, he produced them. Whatever, but still Michael Bay, right? So those are all vastly different from one another. Yeah. Right. Um. But I mean, yes. But okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> They're all the story. Teenage Mutant Ninja okay, Turtles. Wait. Are they all using – and I, I understand they're all using the same source material, but is every story that you saw the same story repeated over and over and over again? Kind of, but – But it's not. But it, so – but like – but what – but that's the point of a remake, right? A remake. But that's my point. Remaking but that's it. my – but that's my point is that with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, every meme, every remake was meme a different variation of the source material. No, Where, I... But whereas a remake of something like Memento, right, uh -huh. you only have one thing to pull from, the yeah. original movie. Yeah. Whereas Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have all the comic books, all the TV show episodes. They have so much they could pull from to make okay. a movie. And this new one is a completely new story we haven't seen adapted adapted into cartoon or live action okay. it's only from the comic books so there's a difference there i mean kind of but at the same time it's still a remake of a property and there is a cash grab element to it like it's like yeah this succeeded before we can make it succeed again 
like it, like it doesn't uh, it, yeah. you haven't separated it on the Venn diagram far enough like it doesn't it doesn't supersede the Venn diagram we've created here of remakes I being tried. uh you know tributes to source material and then also cash grab I actually to get into where my mind was going when you mentioned live action remakes I actually think that we need more uh live action things to be translated into other media like um i i think that we do it in reverse right like there are mm. there are cool live action things that come out that would actually be better as cartoons and it's because and i'm this is why i was glad that you went into the anime realm like when you watch an anime or when you watch a cartoon or when you watch an animated feature um, or an animated show like the the box of creativity and what's possible is up to the mind of the creator and the artists and you can do so much more with art that you can't do in live action you know yeah that's true um, i agree with that especially like some of the ways that like things would translate from cartoon to live action like in Attack on Titan, the reason it's so cool is because you get all these cool angles of uh, the scouts, you know, gliding and oh, flying. Yeah. But you can't remake those in live action and capture it the same way that it, it's framed for someone who's watching the cartoon, right? Like, And so that's why people who are watching the cartoon end up seeing the live action and going, oh, it's not as good. It's the same thing. It's the same problem you run into, which I, I would call it. What I would call it is like, I would call it initial bias. Like it's an initial bias because the initial form in which you take something in, you tend to like, and this is more specific to books and animated things. But like when you read a book and then you go see the movie, you have a version of the movie that's in your head before you even go see the movie. So then like if they didn't cast the right person or if they don't have the sequence of events follow the exact track that like your mind played them in when you were reading the book or if they don't focus on some of the details that maybe stood out more to you that the uh, author had pointed out. A, a really good example going back to a couple episodes ago, Lord of the Rings, right? Or when they try to pull from like Star Wars books material, like when you have stuff that you paid more attention to in the book or in the cartoon that doesn't get put into the live action, it takes you out of it a little bit. So, yeah, I, I would call it initial immersive bias, right? So the way that you initially immerse yourself into something is important to the way that you consume it thereafter. So, like, I get what you're saying about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because for some people, their initial immersive bias is the comics. And they don't, like, mm -hmm. and so for them this new remake will adhere more to that. But like, same thing with like Dune, right? Like I love Dune, but like my initial immersive bias for Dune was the eighties film, which I thought was like, okay, Ooh. but not that great. And then I read the book yeah. and was like, Oh, this is much better. And now like, and then there was the nineties show, which was actually pretty fucking good. Um, but then like now, there's Dune by Villeneuve and it's different. And I appreciate the difference that there is for it. Right. Um, but my initial immersive bias is still there. So there are things that I remember that from like the movie and the book where I'm like, Oh, this is a little bit different. I just, I feel like your challenge when you're remaking something, when you're rebooting something, when you're re encapsulating it for a new audience is that going back to the law of, exponential return is that you have compounded audiences now 
So like you have, and this is an issue that you run into three of the audiences that you're reaching out to out of the millions of people who are going to consume something have a very different initial immersive bias to the product that you're making already. So you have to find a way to balance how you portray the material itself so that it's not one overbalanced overproduced and like bland as fuck Two, leaning one way too far or the other without acknowledging the other you know versions of initial immersive bias that people could have and three in a way that actually plays for the audiences that doesn't come across as revisionist or um apologist so like you have all of these different things like if someone made a destiny live action mm. film it would be fucking <sighs> it would be weird like we how do you do that shit i would love it yeah but how <laughs> do you do that shit it's such it's a like big universe right yeah, yeah, like how do you do Halo? You can't do Halo that way, right? Like that's Poorly. part of the reason that Andor is so fucking good is because there's nothing for it other than references. So we know from the references when you watch Andor, like we know from the Star Wars references, one, this is important. Two, the stakes are high. Three, this is a different story and this is the perspective that we're getting on it. So that's not even a remake. That's just like an expansion. So you're almost better off taking part of a universe and doing an expansion like uh death note got the live action and they should have never done it like yeah. there already was a japanese live action death note and it already wasn't as good as the cartoon and then even the cartoon yeah. when you go back and watch it like the anime when you go back and watch the anime even that's like kind of eh. it's all right like it's good it's but it's good. not that it's, great it was my, that's my that's my introduction to anime was death Note. really and i'm not kidding when i finished that because i i finished it pretty quick yeah. It, I hyper fixated on the outcome and that anime for months. Wow. Like it fucked me up. Oh, you mean light? And then I loved anime yeah, ever since. Like, yeah, you mean like, like episode uh, 38, the outcome? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that. Mm. Anyways, so I'm going to say this. And uh, we're all about growth. We're all about change. We're also about personal development. Yeah. And we're also about realizing, identifying, and admitting when you're wrong. And here's the thing this whole conversation an hour and 17 minutes according to my little recorder right here. here you have changed my opinion oh. on remakes oh have i so that was I not my intention this, was, <laughs> well i think this just conversation has okay. so and, and if people get to this point and they're like wait because i'm about to just backtrack everything 90 of what i just said <laughs> no no okay. um you're right and i was i'm wrong because at the end of the day whether you address a controversial element or not, right, there's still a story there. And my Disney rant, I stand behind that I think that some of those shouldn't be remade just for the sake that maybe the story just overall isn't that great. Or maybe it's just not something that should be, like you said, adapted into live action. Maybe it should be adapted into other media. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, I realized that I wouldn't have a lot of the stories I have and a lot of the inspiration that I have mm -hmm if certain remakes or retellings didn't exist ah. and it is not fair for me to sit here and be like don't remake things because you mentioned something and it got me thinking what if that remake is somebody's only experience with that property mm -hmm. and it's what helps them get involved and that's what happened to me and so yes i can sit here and say a lot of remakes and live action adaptations are bad because i think objectively they are mm -hmm. 
like Dragon Ball and Avatar, like the ones we mentioned. Some of them but are objectively also- bad, and I think even if that's someone's initial introduction to it, if they have people in their life who care about them, they'll find the good version <laughs> of it, right? Yes. You know, like if you yeah. if you're interested in it at all, like if you watch Dragon Ball the movie and then you go and tell your <laughs> friends who hopefully are also nerds, hey, I watched this horrible movie called Dragon Ball from the early 2000s, they would go, oh no, come over here, we'll show you the good yeah. stuff, you know, like exactly because i'm sitting here and i'm thinking about i'm like you know what there are things that i would like to see live action adaptations of like gundam i would kill myself to see a live action gundam that was my favorite show growing up but on top of that like in in addition i stand by there are some things like memento that maybe shouldn't be remade period because it is an original idea that somebody had and it was created and that story is good But I think that in the realm of things where maybe there's a lot of different stories to tell or maybe it's older or maybe it's been remade a couple times in between. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. I think that some of these remakes are good additions and maybe even can help people get involved in fandoms. Like – and the example that made me think of it is what if somebody – what if they remade – an episode of star wars or they remade something with star wars and that was somebody's only like experience with star wars and that's what got them hooked on the franchise that i'm in love with or to take it to lord of the rings what if somebody watched rings of power and they were like oh like that's i know it's not a remake necessarily but that's what got them into lord of the rings you know like remakes and continuations of properties yeah i think i was a little too hard on them but also i think i'm just really bitter because some of my favorite properties have been absolutely butchered with live action and just remakes in general and I think what I'm most upset for, and this is this is silly, and you can say it's silly, okay. but one of my favorite movies of all time is, Mo- is Moana. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of perfect movies out there, but if you ask me to pick one, Moana would be the first one that comes to mm-hmm. mind. That movie makes me laugh. It makes me cry. Yeah. It makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It makes me... It makes me all kinds of things, yeah. Kevin. And the fact that that movie came out, let me just double check the ticket that I have tattooed on my body. That movie came out, uh, yeah, okay, I just wanted to double check. Yep, still came out in 2016, which uh, is what, eight years ago, roughly? Like seven, eight years ago? Uh, yeah. It came out in November. Yeah. Uh, November f- of 2016. Seven years ago. Five Almost. years after this movie came out, they announced that they're going to do a live action remake of it yeah that's kind of here's the thing here's the thing right my vendetta with live action remakes i think comes from the rock (laughs) and uh are we back to this uh, we are because i'm serious right now i got my serious face on here's the thing i've said this before on this podcast and i will say it again i have nothing against the rock as an actor i actually quite enjoy a lot of his movies however he is ruining franchises <laughs> because, and I'm going to say, I've said this before, but you know what, Kevin? I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter. For those of you that it don't know. It doesn't matter this is a, what this, you think. This, this is a bit that I've had. It's not a bit. This is a thing that I say because I stand by it. So it's not a bit. It's oh real. The Rock has been attaching himself to franchises and then tanking those franchises for years. Yes. You want examples? Don't worry. I got examples. Let's just go through some of them right now. Journey <laughs> to the Center of the Earth had Brendan Fraser. Then the sequel had The Rock. Franchise ended. G.I. Joe 1 had Channing Tatum. Sequel had The Rock. Then the franchise tanked. He joins Fast and Furious. Gets greedy. Does a spinoff. Spinoff tanks. Leaves the franchise. He did uh, Jungle Cruise. That was supposed to be a franchise. Didn't do well enough. Tanked. He took over... uh, What was the other franchise he took over that I always forget? 
Oh, um, he didn't take over the franchise, but he steamrolled himself into DC to try to strong arm the DC executives to keep Shazam, Black Adam's biggest and only rival out of his movies, refused to make cameos in the Shazam movies because he has an ego because he thinks he's better than what he actually is. And now, because he's ran out of franchises to be a part of and all the franchise he started didn't work out, mm -hmm. he is not only returning to Fast and Furious mm -hmm. after a giant vendetta and public feud with Vin Diesel, he is now going to do a live-action adaptation of Moana, a movie that came out a mere seven years ago, less than seven years yeah. ago, because he cannot start new properties without them tanking, yeah. so he's going to revisit old ones and ruin them I'm not happy. There we go. End of bit. You know Rant. what? I, I can see. Here's the only reasoning I can see for them doing Moana is that very soon, and I mean very soon, he will age out of that role. And that is why he I can see. Already him. has. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I mean. He's in his 50s. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Is like, you know, the. I get so like, heated if with you're this. a deity. <laughs> I think you're supposed to be like youthful forever. Like that's part of being a. Deity, you want to know what's right? even worse? You know, are they gonna de-age the, the... him? Oh god! Oh, nuts. dude, who knows? What's even worse is the actress that plays Moana. I love her. She was like 16 when this movie came okay. out, right? Um, she's too old to play Moana. Yeah. She came out publicly. Oh, but and then was like, he's still not... gonna play the guy, right? Oh so my she came, god! She came out. She was like, "I'm not gonna play that's Moana. So funny. I have." I have aged out of the role. Wow. This role is no longer like it's no longer mine. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to be a part of the decision process on who takes the mantle of Moana. Yeah. So she's going to help find somebody to play her character because she realizes, hey, I probably shouldn't play this character. Yeah. And she's giving that opportunity to another young native indigenous girl to play a gigantic character that you bet your ass I will be there opening night yeah. fucking bawling my eyes out enjoying myself. But why can't you do that, The Rock? Yeah, why, why don't you give you that opportunity that? to another person of that uh, race to take that mantle and have an opportunity to make it big in Hollywood? But no, you want to be stingy and take that role for yourself. I don't think I like The Rock as much as I say I do. <laughs> I don't think you do either. I think that's that's what's been happening either. over the course of season zero. Uh, season zero is just me priming you to not like The Rock in DC, <laughs> so that we can DC. I'm already. I'm basically there. All right, good. Um. Oh, I will. You know, what will be the nail in the coffin what? for DC for me what? if Andy Machete doesn't get to do the Attack on Titan live action remake and instead or adaptation and instead has to do Batman, the brave and the bold. Oh, the I'll fuck? be super yeah. disappointed because he publicly said back in 2018, he was a massive fan of the manga mm -hmm. and was working with the creator of the manga to make a truthful and righteous adaptation that would not only adhere to the source material, but he wanted to cast people specifically based off of who they were in the manga. So you'd have a mix of people. Yeah. Ah, I want to see that so badly. Yeah, that would have been cool. Um, <sighs> We'll find out. We'll find out. We will. Uh, let's uh, let's try to cap off our remake conversation. I feel like yes. we focused on a lot. Like we covered a lot of the realm of remaking things. Um, is there something that was original that you that you originally consumed in a different media or medium that you would like to see remade into a live action or vice versa? You know, this is going to make me sound a little, like, pretentious. Go. But honestly, like, even as far back as, like, King Kong, mm -hmm. 1933 King Kong, which I absolutely adore, yeah. I think I, like, typically for the properties I like, 
this isn't necessarily an answer to your question yet, but I think most of the properties I like, I've seen the original before seeing the remake. So in this scenario, there, you know, there are things I would like to see made into live action. I would like to see, I would like to try them. I would like to see, and I'm going to stick with anime for a minute because why not? But, uh, I would like to see my hero attempted. I would like to see, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen attempted because I think that could be really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just said it. I want to see Attack on Titan. I also, unpopular opinion, think it would be kind of interesting if they did Adore the Explorer live action. Okay. Oh, wait. They did that. Oh, they did? <laughs> yeah, they did. Is it done? <laughs> yeah, it's – um, what's the guy's name that's in the – that's the dad of Dora. Hang on. Yeah, it's dude. It's it's been out. They it came out years did ago. the thing. They did a Dora the Explorer live action 2019 movie with Diego and everything. You're kidding. Um, Michael Pena is what? the dad. Benicio del Toro is the voice of Swiper. What? Uh, Eva Longoria is the mom. Yeah, that's so weird. And then D, De- uh, famous voice actor D. Bradley Baker, most uh, for me, most famous voicing all the clones in the Clone Wars animated show. Uh, he does uh, some of the voice. You want to know who the voice of Boots is? Who? Danny Trejo. What? Yeah, I've never seen it, but apparently that's it's fucking fine. Weird. What's its score yeah. on Rotten well, Tomatoes? But... I never care about this what? stuff, but I do care in this case. I let me rephrase. I rarely care about this, but I care in this case. <laughs> I care about this one. All right, here we go. What do you got? Dora, Dora, and the Lost City of Gold. What? Eighty-five percent certified fresh tomato meter. Eighty-eight percent audience score. They purchased that score. That's they purchased that score. Uh, there's no way <laughs> they bought it. There's no way this is good. Um. Yeah, they, they might they paid be. people off. They paid people to see that movie. What um, about you, though? What would you want to see? Uh, I only ha- I have one example, and it's anime. It's uh. So there was a. It's actually on Netflix right now. Um, there is an anime from I want to say the nineties. It might even be from. It's a long time ago. Cowboy Bebop. No. No. <laughs> they although here a hot take. I actually did enjoy the live action. Um. For many reasons, and none of them being that it was uh, true to the resource, uh, to the source. Never seen theory. Cowboy Bebop. You neither. I need to. I need to. Wow. I need to. I know. Uh, Shinichiro Watanabe is the man. Um, but uh, I would love to see a live action remake of Monster, the anime, which was an which was a manga, because it could be done as a live action remake because what happens in monster is not out of the realm of imagination. It's actually very real and very human. Um, and it would be a show and it would probably take like five fucking seasons to do the entire thing. Cause it's like 87 episodes of the original anime. Um, but it's a drama and it's about a doctor who saves a young boy who might be the son of Satan. And it's fucking amazing. Oh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Like, I legit thought when you said monster, I thought the next thing out of your mouth was going to be monsters. Inc. No, <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. No, because that's not an anime. the animated monster. Um, but then, well, it's animated. I would, I would also so an- like to see uh, Shinichiro Watanabe did a 
um, did an anime with the um, the person who did the, the with the music director from Cowboy Bebop because Shinichiro Watanabe loves jazz music uh, called Kids on the Slope. And that would also be a good live action remake. It's on the slope. It's really good. Um, but it's it's about a, a jazz ensemble. So it's not like like this is the kind of like there's there's a whole it's even better. there's a whole breadth of anime that could be done as live action. And I've watched a ton of fucking oh, yeah. anime. Like I I'm I'm not afraid to admit that I'm I don't know you can call it, I'm not an otaku because I get out into the world a lot and I'm not a gatekeeper for anime. I'm not a weeaboo because I'm not trying to indoctrinate Japanese culture into my everyday. We're life. just big fans. I'm just a fan. Yeah, I've, been, I've always been yeah, a fan of the fans. medium. Um, yeah. My the first anime I ever watched, and I didn't even know it was anime at the time. It was just a cartoon to me, but it was Robotech, which is like oh. the precursor to Gundam. You know, I yeah. loved Robotech. Yeah, it was so good. I know about Robotech. Oh my god, yeah. it was so good. And then they actually introduced um, these nightmare frames in Robotech. No, not nightmare frames. That's from uh, Lelouch of the Rebellion, Code Geass. Um, I forget what they were, but they were these frames in Robotech that was that they were like the precursor to Gundam. Like, ugh, so good. Uh, but yeah, like there are so many things in anime that could be done in live action that would make perfect sense. Like Kids on the Slope is a really good one. I'd love to see like Haikyuu would be. Oh, I know my answer. Haikyuu would be an amazing I know live my, action. What's up? I know my answer. Bye. My own or free one answer. I take. Sorry. That's a good one. I take back all my other answers because, honestly, the more I think about them, I'm like, you know what? Honestly, they, they can stay in anime. Uh, the only anime live action that I, I, I truly want to see because I, I think that it would be extremely easy to do and it'd be really hard to butcher yeah. is Gundam. Because we've gotten big punch-up robot fights before. We've gotten the Godzilla movies with robot Godzilla. We've gotten Pacific Rim. Yeah. It's not out of the normal. I just would like to see it in – I want to see the story of Gundam. There's a specific arc in Gundam Mobile Suit Zero okay. where it's a big tournament. Mm -hmm. And all the countries have to go and they fight. And there's some really good emotional beats. I remember there's a dragon Gundam that's fighting a mermaid Gundam. Yep. I don't remember any of the names. I was a kid. And I remember that the mermaid Gundam was trying to win to support their family. And the dragon Gundam was having the same thing. And they had like a little bit of a love interest. And they had to fight each other. Oh. And it was like, whoever wins is going to succeed. But whoever loses, like you have an emotional time. Like there are story beats in that that I think would work yeah. so well. Yeah. Um, we need to do an anime episode, I yeah. guess. Or this is our anime episode. Kind of. Yeah. Thanks for coming to our anime episode. You know uh, what? Even Star Wars did anime adaptations yeah. into their art style because that's our star wars episode that there, is our so. star wars episode um gotta get my star wars reference but to in. go back to what i was originally saying i actually think that we do things a little bit backwards in that some things are so fantastical and like kind of out there that they they would almost be better in animation like what my favorite example is like imagine the fifth element being like a two mm. a two season series of anime like like imagine yeah. half an hour or blade episodes, runner uh, Blade Runner did get an anime uh, spinoff, um, oh, which was actually yeah. really good. I know it. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but like the world, like there are worlds that we've developed that actually would be good in anime. Um, like Cyberpunk, that's a great example. It was a video game they adapted they the that anime. story to anime. Yeah, same. Yeah, well, same thing with. Um, same thing with uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner was you know like 
that got made into an anime and like it's actually very popular in the anime community like people are like oh yeah that was just phenomenal it was really good huh. um but like there there are some really good things in anime that actually i think we still could do in live action that would be absolutely top notch like i would love to see gantz as a live action like gantz is fucking sick and that like P- i think people in the horror community would love gantz um, which is it Gantz is like you get sucked into a video game and it's a survival thing and you're like killing uh oh, it, you're killing like demons but with um Is that kinda like uh Overload or Overlord? No. The one where No 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 no. Okay. Gantz is like you randomly get sucked into this video game and then you have to suit up and survive the night and there are different teams that are trying to survive oh. it and it happens all the time and it's fucking sick. Um but then there's actually there's a there's a 3D version of it. There's like a 3D anime style Gantz on uh, I think hmm. also on Netflix right now called Gantz Zero. That one's really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I think a lot of times we do it backwards or like when something gets remade, it's not it's more of a cash grab and not actually a tribute to the source material. And so going back to I know that I've kind of changed your opinion about remakes but i also want you to know so. that in my opinion of remakes like i'm just saying that i get why they're made right and i get that oh, they're not for agreed. me always but, but that's on my the point. same that's my point. on the same token i i do think especially highlighting some of the things that you brought up like like i do think that like dumbo didn't need one you know, like, I, I do mm-hmm. think some of these, like, you don't need a remake of it. Like, you can actually... Yeah. Memento doesn't need a remake. Like, you can just point to it as a classic film and <laughs> consume yeah. it the way that it was originally made. Like, I think it, it was shot on analog, but it plays well over digital. Like, it's fine. I think I think yeah. with stuff like that, like, imagine someone trying to remake a fucking Guy Ritchie film. Like... Right? No. Another it's director not, I love. Yeah. It's not happening. You know, like, yeah, like it's just, yeah, like it memento doesn't need one. I think there are things that get remade that don't need it. And that's what it ends up. It polarizes the community of people that enjoy it in the first place, you know? Yeah. And like I said, my point is now that if the live action remake of Aladdin, Guy Ritchie, speaking of which, is somebody's introduction to Aladdin, and then they go watch the cartoon, and they get to see the beautiful performance that is Robin Williams. Oh my god! And they wouldn't have, yeah. And they wouldn't have discovered that otherwise without seeing Will Smith's weird genie first. Yeah. Uh, then I'm happy that Aladdin remake is Which there. Which is totally fine. I'm happy and that someone, not like Will someone Smith used is that as a bad. gateway. We just know the no, original. He's not terrible. So then our brain can't help but compare. Like, and going back to my, my like original point, movie. like we're always retelling stories. Even Aladdin is like a spin-off of um, uh, Arabi- uh, Arabian Nights. Uh, what's the Arabian Nights thing? But even like an Arabian Nights was actually, speaking of remakes, Arabian Nights was a an, a huge influence for a Magic the Gathering set in the 90s. You know, so like yeah. we're always retelling these stories. We're always re-encapsulating different things. You know, like it, and even in like 10 Things I Hate About You is a teen movie remake of The Taming of the Shrew by Shakespeare. Like... We're constantly retelling ourselves stories. That's part of what we do as humans. And I don't. Lion think, King is Hamlet. Yeah, and 
but when you, <laughs> That's when I know. When you look at it from a consumer standpoint, when you look at it not just from a cultural perspective, like I'm I'm taking you to like the 30,000 foot view of remakes and saying like we're always doing it so it's okay. But when you look at it from a point of like speaking with your own wallet and speaking with your own preferences, I think it's also okay to watch a remake and go, wow, that was absolute shit because it wasn't what I yeah. expected. It wasn't what I knew. You changed too much. Or like, you know, why did you even make that? You changed nothing, you know? Nothing um, important. Yeah, the only remake I would say that I've ever seen that like makes perfect sense is there is the shot for shot remake of Funny fu Funny Games, which was originally a German film, but in German and with like the way that the inflection and the dialogue plays, it hits differently than the American version. And the American version actually helps to translate the movie itself for the audience. Hmm. Yeah. So all right, so are you saying that that's your pick for the best live-action adaptation? What, Funny Games? Oh, not live-action. I'm sorry. Is that your pick for your the best remake? Best remake is definitely Funny Games. It's a shot for shot. It's really fucking good. Like, if you were asking me off the top of my head, I would say Funny Games is, if it's not the best, it's up there. Okay. I would say that the best remake that I can think of I don't know if this is the best one. I, this is the best one I can think of right now. Okay. It is probably the 2005 Peter Jackson King Kong. Because okay. the original King Kong story of 1933, I'm not talking about the 1980s one with Jeff Bridges where it's the Twin Towers mm -hmm. and not the Chrysler Building because we don't count that or the Empire State Building. Yeah. Um, but the original 1933 is good, mm -hmm. but there's not a lot there and it's very limited by the time. Peter Jackson's, I understand that people are like, it's way too long. I think it does a really good job of showing you what you need to see before the island, on the way to the island, on the island, and then the the final act. And I think that that is a good remake that expands upon the story, increases the effects, yeah. and just does a really good job. And that's the first and only one I can think of. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm. That's good. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of with you on that. The only thing that I would say to the people who say the movie is too long is there are some scenes that slow the tempo of the movie. In such yes. a way that, like, even though, yes, it is necessary and relevant to build up to the eventual inevitable climax of the film, um, where King Kong is just, you know, doing everything that you expected. He's smashing New York City. Like, <laughs> um, there's there's enough that leads up to that point that I, yeah. I would say, like, when you slow the tempo down, it does make the movie feel super long. Like, it's just, it's yeah. hard to deal with, man. <laughs> but. It's it's a one once in a blue moon watch. I haven't seen the yeah. movie in years, I mean, but I remember it enough. Yeah, to to kind of touch on a final point, like here's a funny little thing to note. Pretty much every single Predator movie is a remake. Mm. Like there's yeah. no Predator movie that's not like there's no Predator Predator movie that's directly correlated to its predecessor. <laughs> Can I rank those movies real quick? Can I tell you the best Predator movies out there? The best one's Prey, but go on. Uh, the best is one Prey. is... Would you let me finish my sentence? The second best one <laughs> is Predators <laughs> with Adrian Brody. Okay. The third best one is Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And yes, Kevin, I was going to say that the best one is Prey. So, okay, good. There you go. Good. Prey, predators, predator. Yeah, 
No, and I, I agree with that. Yeah, that's a proper assessment. I mean, I'd love to see, like, <laughs> we've even, like, we've gotten a masterful recreation of Mad Max in our time. You know, like, uh, there are so yes. many things that have been remade and been remade well that there's, going back to you your original criticism, there's almost no excuse for not analyzing, using the resources and budget that you have to properly remake something, anything. Exactly. Right? That is the way, that's the way to sum up all yeah. of this. There's, because there's no excuse you, to do it's a, a live, bad yeah. remake. Whether it's a live action remake yes. or a remake in general, you are absolutely correct. Yeah. And you are right. With the budget that Hollywood has and with the resources out there and with the experience gained, there is no reason we should be getting as many shitty remakes yes. as we if are. If you're about to own the state of Florida and you do a bad remake, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. You, yeah, have more, you have more money than the rest of the state. Why are, You have more money than a state budget and you can't remake a movie properly? Get out of here. <laughs> Um, go away. Yeah, uh, yeah. Th that was mwah, perfect. I mean, uh, that's probably my favorite bit from the show, and I might bring that back. Is like, let's be executives. Let's be. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> let's be executives, real quick, because that was I real think we fun. We should pretend to be executives for, for all kinds of companies. Dude, for a minute, the biggest problem in my life was that I may have covered up some shit that Epstein did, and I love that you yeah. gave that to me today. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you're welcome. <laughs> I have a question for you. What? What's your jam? This oh, week? dude, my jam. I actually, I put, I put some thought into this. My jam this week is. Oh, now I'm blanking because I said I put some thought into this. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, no, my uh. my jam this week. Yesterday I was jamming some lo-fi music, but for the majority of the week I was kind of delving back into some things that I really loved uh, when I was younger, and one of my favorite albums. Not top 10 or anything, but definitely one of my favorite albums um, is Freak Show by Silverchair, which was like to give you okay. a quick, quick overview, like Silverchair. A lot of people know them from the song Anna's song, which was like kind of about uh, um, bulimia and stuff um, and like just having eating disorders, things like that. Um, but. They had this awesome album. I forget what year it came out. Probably like 98, 99, somewhere around there. Like maybe even 2000 or 2001. Somewhere in that window, they had this album that came out that was like the grungiest effing album. Like it just starts with like hardcore dissonant grunge tones. And the first few songs are like really dirty lyrically. Like you can just tell like there's a lot of angst. And then it develops into this like uh, post rock uh, and not post rock in like the mathematical sense, but just kind of like post rock in the genre bending sense. Like there's some, there's some strings that come in a little later. There's a song that sounds almost like uh, it almost sounds like, um like a poppy happier version of a Nirvana song. Like, oh, it's just, yeah, such a good album. And I love going back to that album because it, no matter how I cut it, I just enjoy it. Um, so that was really good. And then as hmm. far as watching things this week, um, I've been watching the silo, which is oh, okay. once again, I mean, Apple TV is just fucking. That's on my list. We talked about it. this. Apple TV yeah. is crushing it. Um, and then quick summary. I'm not even going to do spoilers. Uh, elemental was fine. 
it was another Pixar movie. Oh, right. It's too, it, you know, like, oh, what if all the elements were anthropomorphized? And they hit like all the the joking beats that you would think. Like the majority of the f- yeah. the funniest moments they even showed in the fucking trailer. Like, it, but once again. It's a kid's movie. It's not for me. Like, I didn't go into it thinking, like, oh, this movie is for 36-year-old Kevin. Like, no, I went with the kids. They're all packed into the back of the Subaru. They're, like, you know, Chloe and Mason had friends over. Caden's in the back. We're all just, you know, eating popcorn and having a good time watching the drive-ins. And then um, the Little Mermaid took out my favorite character that's inconsequential to the plot. Here's what I'll say about the Little Mermaid. Uh, Visual design... A fucking plus. Great job. Casting. They changed the lobster to a crab. Casting. A fucking plus. Amazing. Like super good. Uh, All of the songs hit really well. They made them a little bit more theatrical, which is fine. I absolutely loved that it sounded more like someone was singing live and in person and they like left some vibrato in Uh, the the. The cast all did a great job playing their parts. Even Melissa McCarthy was fine. Uh, mm. They the, small spoilers. Instead of um, instead of the prince, uh, what's his name, Eric or whatever. Instead of him ramming Ursula with the ship, uh, the Little Mermaid does it. Great. They don't like, and they didn't like. Uh, they didn't hold on it like that was a big point. You know, like going back to what you were talking about. Like going back to what we talked about before. They changed it. Right. She has a little more agency in this than she had in the original cartoon. Uh, but ultimately it was just OK. Like, yeah. it's just another remake. It's fine. Like, it's it's hmm. it wasn't. I hope that this is somebody's introduction to The Little Mermaid because it was good and entertaining and everything that you would hope that a remake would be. So, like, as far as remakes go, it's good. It's fine. Yeah. You can watch it, you know. Um, and I, I, I would put it right alongside Beauty and the Beast in like the, hey, it's a win for Disney in that they've remade something that they can add to their catalog. And I think I think kids will love it. Um, I think that's Aladdin, I think, is probably my favorite yeah. out of those live action remakes. Yeah, I think it's I think it's they're, they're it's fine. Yeah, and they're fine. Yeah. They're not like they don't blow me out of the water, but they're yeah, they're good. Whatever. Um, huh. And that's it. That's it this week, you know, a little, can, little can, bit of grunge music, fine. a little chilling, and uh, a whole lot of going to the drive-ins. Yeah. Yep, and the silo is really fun. good. I highly recommend the silo because yeah. it's like – That's on my watch There list. are so many things that are like gritty. Uh, it, it's hard to say. Like the beginning of the show feels like gritty – compartmentalized claustrophobic post-apocalyptic future but as the show develops and you learn more about like the culture and just some of the interactions that they allow to happen and the way that they allow the stories to unfold on the show that do unfold really fucking Mm. good like really really good it's on my list what's your jam uh mine i haven't really honestly watched much of anything this week Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, oops, wrong button. Huh? Uh, uh, yeah, honestly, I didn't really watch any TV. Uh, my background show, but I think I watched maybe a total of three episodes was It's Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. I've been watching through that, mm-hmm. like in the background, but, mm-hmm. uh, nothing really new. Yeah. Honestly, uh, oh, oh, duh. So my workload was really large this week, so that's why I didn't really watch anything, but I've been listening to some podcasts. Yeah. As I work, okay. 
the uh, doy. Um, one of my favorites. I've been re-listening to some of my favorite episodes of Do Go On, which yep. is an Austra- Australian comedy trio that take uh, things that have happened in history, whether it be about people, events, whatever, and they do a report on it. And they each take turns talking about certain things, but they make it fun, lighthearted. They tell jokes. They go on rants. They go on tangents. It's really fun. It's a really fun way to learn. Okay. Um, also, they're just really funny people. So, like, they've covered some really cool historical events. So, if you're like, I've always wanted to learn about uh, – what's a really good one they've done? They've done, uh, like, the D.B. Cooper. They've done the history of World War II. They've done the history of JFK. They've done, like, the Hindenburg disaster, the Colfax explosion, a bunch of serial killers and stuff. So, if you're like, I wanted to learn about Ted Bundy, but I want it to be fun and I don't want to be grossed out and creeped out, then, yeah. like, this is a great way to do that. Nice. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of them, a lot of my old favorite episodes of Do Go On. And then um, I was listening to Suggestible, which is the uh, host of the Weekly Planet, him Mr. and his Sunday wife. Sunday movies. Do that. Yeah. Uh, that's a really fun one. I really like his wife, Tony. Uh, or Claire. Claire Tonti. Sorry. Claire Tonti. I do like Claire. Um, I have checked out her music, though, and it is not for me, unfortunately. I was really hoping I would like I have more. not. It's I have um, not checked it out it's yet. very, you know, it's very folky and kind of uh, simple and raw and emotional, mm-hmm. and I think that works for a lot of people, but not for me. I might like that then, because that's that's up my alley. Yep. Um, but yeah, honestly, that is all the news. Like that, that's the only two things I really have to say that's new. Cool. That's cool. Uh, you did make me think. I did. Uh, at because the episodes are so short, I did find time to cram in this week every episode of season three of i think you should leave tim tim robinson's comedy show have you seen that show (laughs) well we've talked about it i've seen clips and i looked up that uh pass it forward pay it forward clip you told me about last night god was that not i looked that up on youtube it is a thousand percent what i wanted it to be i love that scene that's all i could think all i could think about was last week when we were talking about just doing something nice for somebody you know like going out yeah like getting a good deed in but i love how tim robinson he does that with so many things he just takes this concept that we have in in our culture and then like expands it out to its most ludicrous and ridiculous dude there's there's this funny there's this hilarious skit on the show where they have like the metal maniacs motto board or whatever. It's like a game show where people have to guess what the motto is. And they have this whole big intro cartoon about the metal maniac climbing all around on this giant metal fortress that he's built and how he's getting attacked by these things. And they're trying to take metal sheets away. I mean, he rebuilds it with incredible speed. And then he's like, he's like the metals actually my ground. And the whole time you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then, the host of the metal maniac show is like trying to get these people to guess the motto. And they're like, this guy comes out with this suit and it's obviously clunky and not moving fast at all. And like, they're they're like, I guess pink, the, the pink dot square. And like, he's like the pink dot square, the metal maniacs going with incredible (laughs) speed. And like, you see the guy like trying to make his way over. He's got these like, like magnets on his arms. (laughs) Feels like a fever dream. Dude, the whole show is just fucking like, (laughs) It's, it's it reminds me perfect. of the Eric Andre show. It's a lot like Eric and Andre. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that chaos, you know, that chaos element. Yeah. No, it's that's just, amazing. Yeah, it's just, and everything culminates in people yelling. Like there's a scene where like someone parks on the sidewalk and then this guy gets his ponytail stuck in the car because he's trying to climb under it. It's fucking 
like, I love it. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do this week? What do you got going on? Give me, give me a quick, uh, what's, what's up in Odie's life this week? Uh, well, I'm going to do this thing called work quite a wow. bit. Uh, trying to get my workload done early this week so I could take a long weekend. Okay. Um, getting ready to go whitewater rafting, making plans for 4th of July to go whitewater rafting out here. Woo. Um, but this week, I believe we are going, oh, we are later in the week. Uh, we're going bowling. Uh, there's a bowling alley that does like on Wednesday nights, it's like 75% off mm-hmm. unlimited bowling. Mm-hmm. And then I think on either Thursday or Friday, we are going to a hike where you hike uh, through and over a waterfall and then up a mountain to a lake reservoir. Wow. So, yeah, that's pretty super awesome. stoked. I'm. Uh... And, oh, and then we're seeing Asteroid City. Sorry. Oh, nice. Yes. I kind of want to see that. Uh, well, uh, I am uh, one working a ton, but next weekend I am actually <laughs> going to the wedding of. Uh, so, you know how I go on the mission trip? Right. Mm, um, yes. Well, the f- the first year I went, uh, this girl Joy came, and um, her and her and her fiance uh, Lorenz are getting married, and I'm going to their wedding next weekend on July on July first, I think. Um, it's next weekend, but I'm really excited because I get to see a lot of the people that I love. But I'm also really excited because. I actually introduced them when I was on that oh my God. mission trip. <laughs> and I was That's like, awesome. and I, I remember like, cause I would like listen to them, you know, I, I speak Spanish and I like obviously speak English. Um, but I, like at one point, obviously. at one point I was like, joy. Um, I was like, joy, you know, Lorenz actually thinks you're kind of cute. And like, cause I had heard him talking in Spanish and she was like, really? And now, you know, here we are like <laughs> year and a half later. They're getting married, getting married, man. And I'm just like, I Dang. can't wait to see that. Like little, little things like that. And it's not because I like, ha- I don't feel like, like, obviously there's a lot of work that goes into a relationship, but it's just cool to like, think back to the, mo- the, the exact moment when a relationship actually begin began. And if that's you're so there cool, and then you go get to see a wedding, like that's a bonus. Like I'm not going because yeah. I said that I'm going because like they put the work in to get to that point. Like, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. <sighs> Good. Oh, I finally remember my bit from the beginning. Oh, my when God. We we're going to start the podcast. Two, hour, two hours in. Yeah, well, we had a lot to talk about when it came to remakes, it turns out. Should have been broken up into different episodes, I think. We really eh. we screwed the pooch on this one. Well, what a weird phrase. Have you ever heard that phrase? I Yes, I think what you should name this episode. Why do we? I just thought of it. Why do we say that? Screwed the pooch. I, you know what a pooch is. Why I, yes. do we say that? I think you should name. I think you should name. You got, hang on, I gotta get this out because you gotta name this. I think you should name this episode. Kevin accidentally changes Odie's opinion on remakes. I'm gonna mention that in the summary, but that is too long for an episode title. But yeah, okay. All right, we can do that. Um, I, it, it's probably going to be some nonsense about Disney execs and something, something else. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But here we are. I kind of don't want to end the podcast this week. <laughs> I kind of don't. Like, I'm, I, I'm enjoying talking, and I feel like we could keep going. Do you have stuff going on? Right oh, now? easily. Uh. 
Like today yeah. or just in general? Like right or? now. It's like 112. Uh, no, I'm just working today, really. Wasn't 112 the name of a hip-hop group from the 90s? They did Peaches and Cream. You're asking me. They did Peaches and Cream, man. Look it up. Peaches and Cream. That's what. That's what time it is. Peaches and Cream time. What? Yeah, 112. There it is. Peaches and Cream. Oh, my God.